Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Will Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is entitled A Beautiful Creator. Sorry. My beautiful creator. I am just now waking up, y'all. So just please have mercy on me. So here we go. You are my beautiful creator. The air in which I breathe. My beautiful creator. To you, songs I sing. My beautiful creator. You are my heartbeat. My creator who keeps me living. You made my life new and I truly adore you. You are my heart. You bring me joy. Your mercies are new every morning. Each day goes by and I diligently seek you. I appreciate and notice the little things you do. All that you have created, you want to worship you. Your blessings overflow, and I need for you to know that I not only honor you, I praise and worship you too. For who you are and what you do, my beautiful creator, I love you. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon whenever it is that you hear this episode and so yesterday I was actually interrupted (laughs) as I was speaking on how your purpose awaits you and it is amazing to me that while I was talking about my why excuse me Well, I was talking about my why, which my why is my children. Um, I adore my children. They are the reason why I breathe, in my opinion. I mean, I love the Lord. He really, really knows I do. And I know he loves me too. But at the same time, I know that my children are my why. And so I was speaking on the fact that when I had my brain surgeries, And really, you got to keep in mind, I didn't know that it was going to be two five days apart. I really was only under the impression that I was going to have one brain surgery. So um, for those of you who don't know, if this is your very first time ever listening to my episode, I am a two-time brain surgery survivor. I survived my first brain surgery on December the 16th of 2011. And I survived my second brain surgery five days later on December the 21st, 2011. And currently, I have another tumor in my brain. Um, So they removed the tumor. And then almost seven years later, the tumor has grown back. So according to the neurologist, I cannot have another brain surgery. Um, because it is located under, the tumor is located under my brain stem. 
And they were already taking a chance with me the first two times that surgery was performed. And they do not want to gamble with my life a third time. So at this point, <clears throat> excuse me, if that tumor ever disappears, it's only going to be by divine grace. Um, yeah. So I've been told that I am a walking miracle because the tumor was actually in my brain for so long that the first one that it began to calcify. And I have had multiple children. I am the mother of six beautiful children. And I'm not just saying that because I gave birth to them. I am saying that because it is an absolute fact. Okay. However, with that being said, I know that I'm a miracle because according to them, um, there should have been signs. There should have been signs that that tumor was in my brain um, because where it is located, even this new one, um, it affects my cognitive skills. It's supposed to anyway. However, by the grace of God, and it probably, you know, okay, so let me just say this. <laughs> if you've been listening to my episode in any way, form or fashion, it probably is affecting me in some type of way. But it, I don't know. It's just something about, <clears throat> excuse me, believing in your creator believing in your purpose, believing in what it is that you've been called to do. And sometimes you may be on the, you may be in the arena of what your purpose is and you may not have narrowed it down to your specific purpose, but there's something about not glorifying your deficiencies, in my opinion, that allows you to move mountains. So I'm very much aware of what it is, of what my challenges are. Let me put it that way. Um, I'm very much aware of what my challenges are, especially even after surviving two brain surgeries. However, I believe because I have not honed in on those deficiencies and I have tried to figure out a way to operate in my greatest capacity where I'm at in this season of my life, that God has gifted me with grace and mercy in that area. And so that's something that you, I see people do it a lot. So if you've ever watched the Olympics and if you've ever watched, there's certain, there's certain, forgive me, I don't watch Olympics enough to know what certain, you know, titles are, but catch me if you can. There are certain people who have been born with what other people label as disabilities. But instead of them co-signing, <clears throat> excuse me, with what those people have said, they have capitalized off of that disability and they have used that as a stepping stone toward their greatness. And so that's how I feel about the things that have happened to me. I had spoken on the other episode that was actually interrupted accidentally by my child. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry, y'all. This is what happens when you get up. I t now, those of you that don't know, what you hear is what you get with me. I'm not putting on no airs. I didn't practice. I don't pre-record. I don't do any of that. So you may hear me cackling. You may hear me coughing. You may hear whatever. You may hear me crying. I'm going to keep it 100. Maybe one day I'll get a coach or something and they'll tell me, stop doing that. 
But in the meantime, what you hear is what you get. All right. But um, even before my child had accidentally called me, I was speaking in terms of turning your pain into purpose. And there's a lot of things that have transpired in my life that I could have literally used as a crutch. I could have literally turned into a victim. But instead, I opted to figure out a way to become victorious, although those weapons did form against me on more than one occasion. Um, I was speaking to my sweetheart not too long ago, and I was telling him how I literally have experienced so many variations of trauma that I remember speaking to a counselor and she had made the statement to me, okay, so normally people only deal with one traumatic incident and it is very difficult for them to overcome that one traumatic incident. But you've experienced way too many to count. So the fact that you have experienced trauma after trauma after trauma, and let me not get ahead of myself. The fact that you have experienced trauma after trauma after trauma, there is something within you that is supposed to help you to bounce back. Y'all, she called us something, but I don't forgot what it is. But anyway, <laughs> something within you that is supposed to bounce back or allow you to bounce back from that traumatic experience. But because you've been through so much trauma, that area is worn out. So that was over a decade ago that we had that conversation. Fast forward. The traumatic experiences did not halt. They did not stop. In a lot of ways, I feel like they intensified. However, I recently had blood work done. And I had a whole new conversation with the medical field. This lady told me, looked me dead in my eyes and said, I have been suffering from a, she called it, it was a word. I don't want to, I don't want to use the wrong word, but it's in the same arena of manic trauma. Like it's been so chronic trauma, whatever. It's one of, it's the way that she worded it. I wrote it down, but I don't have that documentation. But she was like, you have been through so much trauma. We have got to find a way to get, I still don't know the word. Those of you that are medics, y'all know. It's, it's like, um, and I don't want to say the wrong word, but it's one of those things that is supposed to help you deal with um, any type of traumatic experience. And I just don't know. I should, I mean, I'm sorry, y'all didn't come prepared. I just came as I am. <laughs> but anyhow, she even confirmed. Now, mind you, the initial conversation was over a decade ago. More traumatic experiences have taken place in my life. Now, when I have a conversation with a totally different person, she didn't know about the dialogue. She didn't know about what the other individual told me. She had no idea about that. I'm just going and answering questions as they come. 
and wondering why I feel like I'm having to answer a thousand questions on, on, on the spot. But I did it in obedience. And after she was done asking me all of these variations of questions, her conclusion was you have ha- you literally have experienced. I don't know if she said manic or if she said chronic or if she said acute, whatever the word was, it was something that is not considered normal. It's not considered normal to go through those that amount of trauma. Now, you have to keep in mind, I'm a parent. So some of the the trauma that has been experienced. It I experienced it because of being a parent as well. So then I I have my own traumatic experiences directly. And then I have my other traumatic experiences indirectly because of being a parent. But nevertheless, it's way too much for one individual person to have to go through over their lifespan. And I'm not even 50 years old yet. I pray to God I get there and beyond. And so to hear this professional say, we have got to figure out a way because now the real, I'm going to say chemical, the real chemical that was placed inside of me to be able to handle trauma, that chemical has disappeared pretty much. It's, it's non-existent. So what they, what she said is we've got to figure out a, a, a synthetic way. We've got to figure out a way synthetically to put a similar that, you know, a chemical like that back inside of you to help you cope with anything that may come up so that you're not just, you know, so that that way I have something. And so for a lot of people that don't know my backdrop, for a lot of people that don't know my history, for a lot of people that don't know my traumatic experiences. And believe me, there's a handful that know just about every single experience that I've had. But um, for a lot of people that don't know that. It shocks them. When they find out. So you were diagnosed. What? Huh? It doesn't fit you, Teresa. Are you sure that that's what that doctor said? Excuse me. Yes, I'm most certainly sure. And if you take all that I've been through, it makes perfect sense. But because I do my best, I don't always get 100. No one does. But because I do my best not to operate in what it is that I've been told about who it is that I am because of what it is that I've been through, then it is easy to believe, no, that's not her. I know they said this about her. I know that she's been chemically, you know, she's been medically diagnosed as X, Y, and Z. I understand all of that. But when I see the person, when I see the individual, that's not what I see. It's like the stories don't align. But maybe that's because whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, maybe that's a coping mechanism for me that I'm just not aware of or I haven't truly tapped into. But for whatever reason, I have opted not to co-sign for what it is that they've diagnosed me with. Because it would be easier to do that 
But then that would also be saying I'm walking in my disabilities or my deficiencies. And that's what I don't want to do. So I do the opposite. Excuse me. For those of you that are believers, you I'm sure could appreciate that is that we hear that that's what we're supposed to do when we're operating in faith. Excuse me. Is that God has the final say. So it's one thing to say, what, who does man say that I am? And it's another to say, who does God say that I am? And I opt to operate in what I believe God is saying and who I believe God is saying I am. And so to a lot of people, it may not appear as if I have those deficiencies because of who it is I've opted to follow. Some will catch that later. Some may never catch it. But I believe that that's because I have opted to pursue my purpose and to do it unapologetically, no matter what is said about me. I've looked at my journals and I've I've literally read some of the things that have been said about me directly and indirectly through the course of my life. If I would have taken that stance and believed the lies of the enemy, because a lot of times people can be for you verbally girl I got your back oh girl I, I'm I'm a ride or die I'm gonna do whatever you need me to do whenever you need me to do it I'm for you I'm for you I'm for you but their actions do not align with their words and before long you start to recognize if you're paying attention <clears throat> excuse me you start to recognize no you're not really for me You want me to go as far as you want me to go. But the moment that you see that I'm exceeding that, I'm exceeding your expectation. I'm exceeding what you thought I would accomplish. I'm exceeding who you thought I would be. Then you no longer feel comfortable in the realm of friendship with me or relationship with me because I've outgrown your standards. I've outgrown your expectations. And so... It's okay, because a lot of times we have an issue with letting people go, but maybe they've served their purpose. Maybe they've already gotten you to whatever point it is that you needed to be in that relationship. Excuse me. And it's time for you to connect with new people who are going to take you to the next level, especially if. Where you're trying to go or where you're predestined to go exceeds their expectations. They can only take you so far. So once you disconnect and then you connect to someone who is able to take you to that next level and you continue to grow because the whole intent should be to grow, right? I mean... That's the way I look at it. If you're not, if something is not growing, it's malnutritioned. If you're not growing, like I have a grandchild now and I was talking to um, the grandfather yesterday and he was telling me how within this, what, it's been just a month because my baby, I call him my baby, y'all. I call him my baby. He's my grandbaby, but I still call him my baby. (laughs) So his papa was saying um, he gained four pounds and see, he. The papa has a whole bunch of advantages, right? Because he, the grandbaby and my daughter and 
the father of my grandbaby, they all reside together. So the grandfather has more advantages because you get to see or he gets to see my grandbaby on a regular basis. So he was giving me the report and he was letting me know. I think I think my baby and my daughter talking about my daughter, I think her and her um, baby daddy <laughs> that they were having some, you know, me time hanging out outside of the home. And so um, he was giving me this report. And he was telling me how my grandbaby had gained weight and how he has now he's gained four pounds. So now he's a little bit over 10 pounds. Um, and so he's growing. That means that he's getting his vitamins. He's getting, you know, she's breastfeeding him. So he's getting all of the nutrients and everything that he needs. And it shows because he's growing. Now, had the grandfather came to me and said, he is now at five pounds when he was born at a little bit over six pounds, then there would be a problem because that means that he is malnutritioned. Why isn't he eating or why, you know, so we'd have to ask those questions. The doctor would have to get involved. He should not be losing this much weight, you know, all of that a month later. And so um, pretty much when you grow, you're going to see growth like growth. Anytime that something is being nurtured, anytime that something is being tended to, anytime that something is being fed, you should be able to see some form of growth. Even with this podcast, y'all are nurturing the podcast. It may not be, I may not talk on subjects that you're interested in. Well, I can't, I can't eat, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I am because y'all are, y'all are listening, right? At least I hope so, because y'all are listening. So I hope that's a good sign. <laughs> the numbers are telling me that you're enjoying it. So I hope that's a great, good sign, all of that. Um, but if it were, I put it like this. I have one podcast that I need to nurture because I don't go on it as much. You can see by the numbers that I don't visit it as much, but I can also see by other numbers that people are inquisitive and they really do want me to spend more time on that podcast. So I'm going to have to start engaging in that podcast because I'm seeing other numbers other wi- uh, in other places. Let me know like, hey, when you coming back? This one, on the other hand, I am constantly pouring water into it. I'm constantly speaking on it. I'm constantly making sure that I put out content. And so it's growing. So when you are paying attention to it, when you're nurturing it, when you're feeding it, it'll grow. At least it's supposed to. If you're depriving something, then it's going to die. So I got a little bit off kilter. I hope y'all are able to get something from that because I literally don't even know where I was going with that. But what I believe I was trying to say is in alignment with your purpose. The only way that you're going to be able to know what your true purpose is, is if you feed into those areas that you believe are intended for you, for you to discover Okay, maybe this is my purpose. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I mentioned on the other episode that I absolutely love to serve people. So whenever you're considering your purpose, and I touched on it yesterday, and I'm just going to try to go a little bit over it for those of you that either don't want to go back to episode part one. um, And it just says purpose. I know that I'm telling you that your purpose awaits you, but the title is called purpose part one. And this is going to be purpose part two. However, um, just to recap, if you are trying to figure out 
what your purpose is and discover why are you here on this earth? What is your purpose here on earth? A few things that you may want to consider is that giving may help you to find your purpose. Excuse me. Giving may help you to find your purpose. And getting active in your community may also help you to find your purpose. The other thing is um, you got to find a way to encourage your own self. You got to find a way to use your pain. Maybe using your pain will help you find your purpose. And I gave the examples of Kevin Hart and Steve Harvey. See, Kevin Hart went through a whole lot. He went through a whole lot with his father. And he turned that into comedy. He used a lot of the material. He even has a, um, he even has a show, not a show, but it's like a, where he went on live and he, it was called laugh at my pain. So he figured out a way to capitalize off of the very thing that caused him hurt at one point in his life. He figured out a way to laugh at his pain and encourage others to do the same. And one of the reasons why I think that that was genius is because in a lot of ways, we could relate to that pain. Maybe not that level of pain, but we could relate. And by relate, being relatable, a lot of times, that is another way that you can find your purpose. Um, and a lot of comedians do that. Steve Harvey did it. He, Steve Harvey talked about trying to pursue his dreams and how he had that one car and how he didn't have a whole lot of money and, but he made it work. He made it work. Now look at him. Look at him now. He turned his pain into purpose. Tyler Perry did the same thing. Tyler Perry did the same thing. And Oprah Winfrey did too. Now, you may not have liked the examples that I used. It's really, 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 really okay. Think of your own examples. Think of the people that you, that comes to your mind where you're like, you know what? They turned their pain into purpose. Because there's a whole lot of them that have done that. Excuse me. A lot, a lot. And in a lot of ways, I believe that's kind of what I did. Um, when I wrote A Strong Will Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry, I didn't see my second book, per- Perfect Illusions of Love, a novel. When I wrote Perfect Illusions of Love, now mind you, Perfect Illusions of Love was literally a fictional and it is a fictional book. But 
I had pain. I experienced pain. I found out that I had another tumor in my brain. And excuse me. I used that book as an outlet for me to cope with the bad news. I did not see me doing a podcast called the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I could have called the podcast the two-time brain surgery survivor. I could have called it the single mother of six. There's no telling what I could have called it. But I was inspired to call it the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. And right now I am looking at a mug, an actual coffee mug that I created that has my face and the name of my podcast on it. Isn't that something? Excuse me. I talk about my journey in singleness. I allow my children to speak on this platform to talk about their perception of me being back in the dating arena again. I talk about the things that concern them because as a single mother, by letting you listen to my children, even though they're young adults, you have the ability and the opportunity to hear their perspectives as me for concerning me as their mom. You know, y'all do know that there are children that don't necessarily like their parents. And then there are parents that don't necessarily like their children, right? So you get an opportunity to hear my children speak to me in terms of our relationship, how we formulated our relationship and how they view this journey that I'm on. Because they can speak for themselves. They may have a different opinion. They may be like, I don't know why you're doing this, but uh, uh. <laughs> but they know why. And plus, I'm curious. I want to know what my babies think. I want to know why. What do you b- believe or how do you think that this journey, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about your mom having a podcast? What do you think about me being single, awaiting and hoping and praying that my purpose partner will manifest? And. There are people, you know, depending on where you are in your walk, um, depending on how you are and how you operate in your beliefs, may be like, oh, child, if you are a believer, you shouldn't be dating nobody. You know, that's one thing I love about my relationship with God. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I operate where the spirit leads me, not where people lead me, because people can lead you right over a... (laughs) (laughs) They can lead you right over a cliff if you let them. But it's so much that I have learned in going down this path. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned about nuances of relationships. I've learned about communicating. I've learned about communication. I've learned about just... You know, I've learned about forgiveness, forgiving myself. I am now more open in terms of communicating my feelings. I don't. Let me tell you what I've learned since I've been on this journey. And I probably should. I probably should do a recap on what it is that I have learned. And I I, I need to do that. I really need to do that um, concerning dating in my late 40s. 
after being single for so long. But one thing that I have come to realize is that I messed up a lot of potentially potentially healthy relationships because I did not do the shadow work. And now, because I am doing the shadow work, I haven't stopped. I'm still doing it. I am now very mindful and I am operating on purpose. So even if on this journey, I discover that my purpose partner has been me all along and had nothing to do with a man at all other than the man, which is my Abba father. Do you realize that I am a okay with that? If my future hubby turns out to be God. And I know some of y'all are like for real, really? No, I'm being real serious. If my future hubby, if it turns out that my greatest relationship that I could ever desire is literally being married to the Abba Father spiritually, if that is the ultimate goal or if that's the ultimate thing that turns out to be what it is, I am truly okay with that. Because as I am going on this journey of singleness, I am starting to recognize who I am. And to me, that's a beautiful thing because I never knew. I was always told who I was going to be. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. So I'm discovering who I am and I know that it is my Abba father. I know that it is the great I am. I know that it is my true husband that is truly showing me that. So if my future hubby, if it turns out that it's just a greater, more miraculous relationship with God, I just want y'all to know, like, if that's my purpose is for me to for me to go on this journey and for me to discover what it's like to have a right relationship with the great I am as my true husband, as my provider, as my keeper, as my guide. If that is part of the journey that I end up accomplishing through this, I'm really going to be okay with that. If God opts not to present to me a divine manifestation of a man who is considered my purpose partner and chooses to do life with me, I'm okay with that. Because when my mom said, and it's so funny, but it's true, she was like, I don't really believe that your husband is going to be this guy, a guy. I believe it's a project. What if the project is for me to deepen my relationship with God and it's just called the Dear Future Hubby Podcast? What if that is the project? I won't know, right? Because I'm still discovering my purpose. But what if that's the purpose of the podcast and I never knew it? But the more that I date, the more that I get to know and it's right now it's just one individual person. But the more that I get to know this individual, the more I see the reflection of myself. What if that was the whole purpose and I never got it before? But I will tell you this. In my seeing the reflection of myself and in my seeing how human I truly am, 
I am finding myself gracing people more, having more mercy on people and being more understanding and not taking everything so personally because a lot of it has nothing to do with me. A lot of the decisions that people make has absolutely nothing to do with you. Did you know that? That's it's their own battles that they're going through. It's their own insecurities that they're going through. It's their own indecisiveness that they're experiencing. It has nothing to do with you. It's their own fears coming into fruition. It's has it has nothing to do with you. Those things were there before you ever stepped on the scene. And vice versa. I have discovered so much about myself. My dialogue with my children is different now. My communicating to my sweetheart is different now. Um, life is different. The way that I listen to people is different now. The way that I communicate with people, I don't, you know, it might be part of age too. I don't really, I've hardly ever had a filter, but now I am more mindful of how I do communicate because I understand the power of my words. And so, again, I don't always get a hundred, y'all. I, you know, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the journey. So that's just something that you may want to consider is that testimonies are different for different people. They really are. My testimony is not going to be your testimony. My purpose is not going to be your purpose. That's another reason why people should never be jealous. You do know that, right? Jealousy is stronger than death. Jealousy robs you. It really does. It robs you of genuine friendships. It robs you of an opportunity to see people for who they are. That It could be a person that is your champion, that champions for you. But because you're jealous of what it is that they do, you never get an opportunity to see them champion for you. You never get an opportunity to see them cheerlead for you because you're jealous of what they possess. They may not even know that you're jealous, but you know you're jealous. That's stronger than death. I believe that's why the Bible tells us to rejoice for others. Hey, it's a lot of people that I rejoice for that I'm learning from all at the same time. I'm learning so much from people. So I think dating, if done with care, when you're being mindful of the other individual and you're not trying to play mind games with them, I believe that dating is a great tool. I saw a TikTok and one of the men, one of the men that I saw was that was doing the TikTok. His daughter asked him, could she go on a date with her boyfriend and then come back over to their house for dinner? And the dad said yes. And he pretty much shooed her on her way. And then the caption said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing y'all. I don't have it memorized. I do allow my children to date because it allows them to see what a toxic relationship looks like and what a healthy relationship looks like. And so I nodded my head on that and I was like, you know what? I really wish that I would have been allowed to date. Maybe I would have looked at relationships differently back then but I wasn't allowed to date. So a lot of the things that I went through is because I didn't know any better. A lot of the 
experiences that I had, they had to be my learning curve because I didn't have any previous experience. And so a lot of things that I experienced, some people would have been like, whew, but I was sheltered. So, yeah, I was a late bloomer, so to speak. And guess what? I'm 48 years old and I'm still trying to bloom. How about that? (laughs) But at least I'm still teachable. Hallelujah for that. So if you are trying to look or figure out your purpose. Turn your pain into a purpose. Into your purpose. That's one way you could do it. And be courageous. Discover those things that you are most passionate about. You might actually, you may literally discover your purpose while you are trying to figure out what you're passionate about. And always, always, always show your gratitude. I know that Some people keep a gratitude journal. And let me tell you, if sometimes you don't know what to write, start with this. If this applies to you, if it doesn't, I'm not trying to be funny, but if it does apply to you, find a way to be grateful. You can start off by saying. Thank you for my sight. Thank you for my hearing. Thank you for my voice. Thank you for the working of all of my limbs. Or you can rephrase it and say, I am grateful for my sight. I am grateful that I can hear. I am grateful that I have a voice. I am grateful that I have the working of all of my limbs. I am grateful that I was clothed in my right mind on today. I am grateful that I have a roof over my head. I am grateful that I have transportation. Think about those things that you are grateful for. If you have to keep a grateful journal... Do that, but you'll start to realize that the more that you remain in gratitude, the less you will complain. Let me say that again for the crowd in the back. The more that you focus on what you are grateful for, the less you will complain. That's just my personal opinion. And do all that you can to focus on your growth. So I know I talked about my grandbaby growing. I know I talked about the podcast growing. Thank you to all of my listeners. You are greatly appreciated. You are significant. I thank you for bearing with me while I find my bearings when it comes to these episodes and this podcast. Because truth be told, I ain't never did this before. <laughs> I never did this before, y'all. So I got a whole lot of room to grow, okay? So bear with me. We're going to get this together. It may not be no time soon, but we're going to get there, okay? But do something to grow. Work on your growth. And I was talking to y'all. I was joking about it, but I was talking to y'all about how when I said, oh, I'm going to walk every 30 minutes. See, let me tell y'all this. Do you know the whole time while I've been doing this podcast, I could have literally been walking outside. I could have did my 30 minutes. You know, that's just a side note. So that's something that I know that I need to work on. And maybe I will take y'all on morning strolls, but it ain't going to sound quite right if I'm over here talking to y'all on this episode and you hear me. (sighs) That's not going to sound right. Breathing heavy because I can't. (laughs) 
try to get up the hill. Uh, yeah, I might not do that. But anyway, who knows? You may catch me a time or two while I'm going on a walk on my podcast. We'll see. And then we'll see how that sounds. You know, y'all probably talked about me and all that. But hey, I'm open to whatever at this point because I'm still learning. <laughs> However, you know, I had to figure out a different way to maneuver what it was that I was trying to accomplish and achieve on purpose. So doing my kettle, the kettlebells, making sure that I do the little thigh presses while I'm at work, that still gives me activity, parking further. It's still showing that I'm moving. I may not be moving consecutively in for 30 minutes, but if you take five minutes over here, five minutes over there throughout the day, hey, at least I'm getting a 30 minute workout in, just not the traditional way. And then um, last but certainly not least, take time out to visit the people who inspire you the most. For me, again, that's my kids. I love my children. I love my children. I love my children. And you know what? Some parents are afraid to see their children grow. I'm not. I love my kids so much. I am welcoming their transitions. So for those of you that don't know, I have six beautiful children. Five of them, five of the six are young adults. My youngest is 16 years old. And so I, my oldest is 29 years old, but I have enjoyed the journey. I now Mind you, it ain't always been coming up roses because I lost custody of my oldest three children when they were eight, four and two years old. So it has been a traumatic journey for me, but God has given me triumph. So I have a beautiful relationship with all of them by the grace of God. And they know they their mom loves them. They know they can pick up the call, the phone and call me. And if I got it, they got it. It ain't no ifs, ands, buts about it. Um, And Lord knows if if my finances were greater than what they are now. He just knows. He knows that they're my heart. He knows that they're my why. He knows that everything that I do, I do for them. Now I have a grandbaby. I can't I can't get to him fast enough to spoil him and to love on him. And it's a beautiful thing. I thank God for that crown because there were many times that I did not ever think that because of all that I've been through that I would ever live to see my grandson. And I know that I have a granddaughter. She's in the atmosphere. And one day I'm going to lay eyes on her because I done had so many dreams about my granddaughter. Mark my words. One day. I am going to lay eyes on my granddaughter because I've seen her. I've seen the deep dimples. I've seen the smile. I've seen all of that. And so I literally am grateful for what God has done in my life. Despite everything I've been through, I know that he loves me because he shows me daily. I, I know he loves me. And I know the people that are genuinely for me. It's the way that he shows me that they're genuinely for me and that they genuinely love me. It's nothing like it. You know, when if you can find one person or be found by one person who loves you, loves you, not just by words, but by actions that follow, that is a reason to rejoice. 
When you have come across someone who loves you unconditionally, that is the reason to rejoice. And I have six of them. Now seven, because the grandbaby, I'm counting the grandbaby too, of people that love me unconditionally. My babies, my children, they love me unconditionally. They want the best for their mom. I want the best for them. And parents, do you know that you can break generational curses by speaking life into your children? By calling those things that be not as though they are, maybe that's also your purpose. I know when my daughter was pregnant with my grandson, there would be moments that I would literally out of nowhere send her a text or call her and speak life over my grandchild. There were things that she was going through that I didn't even know because she didn't want to share. She didn't share those things until after the fact. But her pregnancy was not an easy pregnancy. And so there were times that I would just be led to pray over both of them. And she would be like, mom, you don't know how badly I needed that. I didn't know the struggle she was going through, but God knew. And he knew that he could get a prayer through through me. So a lot of times we can break those generational curses if we speak life into our children. And I know my generation and maybe even the generation before me, we were not taught that. And so not all of us anyway. And so maybe we didn't have that type of interse interceding going on. But just because we didn't have that particular interceding going on from our parents does not mean that we got to repeat that cycle. We could do the opposite. So I speak life to my children and into my children every chance I get. I probably work their last nerve, some of them, because if it falls in my spirit, I'm going to speak it. You are blessed and highly favored. You are a child of the king. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You are the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in condemnation, it will be condemned. I speak life into them. You are loved. You are cherished. You are adored. There is no one like you. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. I speak life into them. So I hope that this has encouraged someone. And this is going to conclude my episode on today. Um, but I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. Now, remember, this is part two. So the date of the letter was actually yesterday on March the 17th of 2022. Today is March 18th of 2022. Happy birthday to all the listeners. Anyone out there who has a birthday, happy birthday to you. So here we go. Dear future hubby, have you discovered your purpose in life yet? Are you curious to find out what it is? Or have you given up on your purpose because it seems like it will never come into fruition? Trust me, I have been there myself a time or two. Truth be told, y'all, I'm still there. I'm still trying to discover my purpose. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Sometimes it becomes extremely difficult to keep the faith and believe that you will find your purpose as well as fulfill it. In a lot of ways, it seems easier said than done. 
I get it. However, please note that as your future wife, I am praying for you to discover your purpose if you have not already. I am praying for you also to fulfill your purpose if you have not already. Remember, the race is not given to the swift. Count your blessings in the meantime. Get involved with your community in the meantime. Pray without ceasing always. You will fulfill your God-given purpose. I believe in you. And I pray that you believe in you too. I love you. Love, Teresa. Now, I know that I told y'all, maybe I will find out that God is my true husband. And that is the reason for the journey. But let me tell you something else. God knows that my desire is to be married again. God says that he will answer the desires of my heart. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is not going to ignore that part of my desire. However, I have learned to be content in the things that I cannot change in my now season. So it ain't about my will being done. It's all about his will being done. And I want to clarify that because a lot of times people will take what you say and run with it. And be like, But I thought you said. So let me elaborate for those that may take it and run with it. The desire is still there, but I'm open to however he chooses to bless me. Period. (laughs) So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. Y'all, you know, bear with me. It is what it is. But this is going to officially conclude my episode on today. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. And thank you for listening. Bye.